When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People are starting to say it. Are the Dallas Cowboys the best in the NFL? After two weeks of football, they kind of look like it. But is the hype for real? We'll dive into that question on tonight's episode of ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adczsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans, and that is the single biggest thing that you can do to support the show. Welcome, everyone. It is a Tuesday night, and we're still, you know, getting over the Week 2 win versus the New York Jets. But I noticed something today when listening to a non-Cowboys podcast, and I'm talking about the Athletic Football Show specifically. Uh, I have become a fan of that show since, like, last year or maybe two years actually now. And they were talking in their week to recap, Robert Mays from The Athletic poses this question to Nate Ties: Are the Cowboys the best team in the NFL? And Nate Ties surprisingly goes, I think, yes. And that caught me a little bit off guard because we live in our own little Cowboys world and we talk about the Cowboys every day here on primetime and I cover the Cowboys at the website too with the articles and everything. So sometimes you it takes some time for you to catch on to the fact that, hey, national media is as hyped about the Cowboys right now as we are. Now, you will still get the talking heads who are hating on the Cowboys and who will always question Dak Prescott, even if he ends up winning a Super Bowl. They will stay, still question him. Uh, maybe Fox Sports will have this segment about how... Dak is the worst Super Bowl winner ever for some reason. But the hype is starting to be more present, not only with the Cowboys fan base, but beyond that. And tonight, what I wanted to do is dive a little bit deeper into that question and kind of talk about where the Cowboys are at on defense and offense, what has changed from last season to this season through two weeks of football. More specifically, where are they compared to their NFC foes and other things. We'll close the show out with a cool Trayvon Dick stat too. So welcome everyone. Let's see what you guys have to say. I'm going to start this show off with the question that we'll try to answer throughout the entire night. Is the hype for real? Yes or no? Let's see what you guys have to say though. We've got double R in the chat. We've got Gregory. We've got Tyron. We've got Lance. We've got Toxic Tom here. Lance, House, Nelson, Marcus Rowe, Chalk over at Facebook, Katharina too, Peter, Blanca. We've got Lonnie 
here too as well. Uh, Steven White, TZ on drums. So we've got a lot of people in the chat right now, and I love it. Welcome, everyone. I think that we have overcome the Wi-Fi issues from last night, so I'm very happy about that. It's very real, says Lance Bell. Very real, the hype is. Somebody said out here they need to beat the 49ers. Kind of looking for that comment here, but somebody said they need to be the 49ers first for us. Oh, here it is. David McKnight said we need to be the 49ers uh, in order to make that sort of a statement. Let's see here. It's very real. This is Marcus Rowe. Toxic Tom says the hype is real. Are they the best though? No, you don't become the best due to two to week two power rankings. And that is one of the big things too that I noticed. Like not only that appearance in the, the athletic that had me thinking, oh, this hype is national now, but so many national power rankings have the Cowboys at the top of the NFC. Some have them at the top of the NFL. Action Network has been ranking them at number one since the... Honestly, since the preseason, so I respect them for that. But yeah, it is just two weeks of football. So let's explore where they are at right now. And I wrote about this. It's about a 900-word column for ADC Sports that I had earlier today. And I started with defensive side of things because I think that's where you need to start if you want to put the Cowboys up there. Because as excited as we are, about the offense with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and CV. And we'll talk about that too. As excited as you are with that, you cannot call the Cowboys offense the best in the league just yet. That would feel like a reach. You still have the Chiefs, who I know are struggling, but you are betting that they're going to put things together with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and everything. There's a lot of competition in there too. Maybe not the Bengals right now because they've got the Joe Burrow cough, calf injury, but they're going to potentially straighten the chip and become the best offense or one of the best offenses. You've got the Bills. You've got the 49ers, the Eagles. There's a lot of competition there. But if you start with the defense, it is pretty fair to call the Cowboys the best there is in the league. Here are some numbers, some statistics that they lead in the NFL. All of this, the Cowboys are leaders in. Yards per play, they are allowing a ridiculous 3.5. Pressure rate, they are number one with 33%. And there's more there, but I'll get to that. They've got 10 sacks, most in the league. Interceptions, they've got five of them, most in the league. 15 passes defended, by the way, most in the league. Passer rating allowed, 34.2, lowest in the league. Percentage of drives ending in turnover, most in the league with 30%. Net yards gained per attempt, expect, expected points contributed by all defense. If you would rather use defensive stats, advanced stats, that is. They are the leaders also in rush EPA per play allowed. So the Cowboys defense is not only looking like the best one in the NFL right now, and not only are they, as Lance Belt points out here, no, it, it's actually Candid Collin who says, I love the 7-0 turnover differential. Not only are they getting the turnovers, they don't need the turnovers. Like, they're not relying in the turnovers. And that is a big difference from other successful defenses that we've seen through two weeks. I would even point towards the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm not going to trash talk them, or I'm not going to assume that, hey, the Eagles 
are not going to straighten the chip either. But the defense is struggling early in the year. And probably the main reason why they are 2-0 after struggling versus the Pats and a little bit against the Vikings, it's because they've won the turnover battles. But the Cowboys are not relying on that. It's helping, of course, and it's helping with the outrageous 70-10 that they have as a combined score after two games, which is insane. Highest score differential in years, I think, since 1968 for the franchise. But they're getting the pressures. We love to talk about that. Uh, Michael Parsons, who has three sacks, one in week one, then two more in week two versus Zach Wilson and the Jets. But Oza Odigizuwa also happens to have three sacks. And then you have three other players who have at least one sack this season. And everyone is generating pressures. Does it have to do with Micah drawing so many double teams or, and messing up uh, scheme protections from the opponents? Of course. But the Cowboys also have the dudes to maximize that. So you're not getting only pressures. You're getting sacks instead of, you know, Micah drawing a double team and keeping the quarterback pressured. The Cowboys are keeping him on the ground. It's such a remarkable work that, they're, that they are doing defensively. And then to go with that, you don't only have the talent, but you have Dan Quinn designing the pressures, giving exotic looks week in and week out, which gives you some sort of confidence that, hey, this is not only about the Cowboys having absolute dogs at every position. They also have a coach that will keep things fresh deep into the season. So that, however, all of what I just said is not necessarily new. Maybe the Stephon Gilmore addition is the big difference on defense because you swapped him out for, for uh, Anthony Brown, who, by the way, just signed with the 49ers. I don't know if that is an Intel signing or a legit signing that they like him. He is a versatile veteran player, so credit to him. But the Cowboys defense, man, it is the best in the league, in my opinion, and that is actually pretty clear for me. And that is the big reason that you would give for the Cowboys being the best in the NFL as a team. That is the big argument that they have going for them in that sense. Now, offensively speaking, where are the Cowboys at now? And that is a tough one to answer because we have not seen Dallas play a competitive second half yet. And they played the Giants and they played the Jets who had Good defenses. I mean, at least the Giants had a good defensive line. And the Cowboys were trying to make up for Mr. Tyler Smith's absence. But then you did have the Jets, who are a fantastic defense in every sense of the word. And the Cowboys moved the ball pretty efficiently against them. So I'm not sure exactly what has changed yet. Because we've seen very little of the Cowboys offense. However... We have caught some glimpses of what has changed so far. And that is quick hitting passes. The Cowboys knew that they were getting a top def defensive line in right in week two, excuse me. And they had the perfect answer for it. And Dak Prescott comes out after the game and he says, oh, now I'm working with West Coast style footwork that is allowing me to play better under pressure. So the fact that he went 8 for 11 under pressure versus the Jets is suddenly 
not that big of a coincidence and not that big of a, you know, random occurrence is honestly a more efficient offense in general with a new play caller and a new offensive architect. Now, we talked about it last night a little bit, but the video was going out. The Wi-Fi sucked. I didn't like how it ended up playing out. So I'm going to run this segment again of how Dak Prescott's footwork really contributes to a better offense. So I'm going to run the next-gen stats uh, dots first where we'll see essentially what the Cowboys are doing in the play from a bird's-eye view. This is a 31-yard slant that C.D. Lamb caught when the Cowboys were backed up near their own end zone. Peyton Hendershot motions to the left, and you're going to get the Mike McCarthy staple slant-flat concept to the left with 88 running the slant. Now, I just want you to see the concept from this bird's-eye view, and then we'll move to the All-22 tape. But here, Prescott in my opinion, is the best example of footwork, that of the new footwork that Dak Prescott is using. Third step, he's going to get rid of the ball, and it's a tight window that he throws into. So let's look at the all 22 of that play, where you see Dak finding CD efficiently. You see the yards after the catch that are a characteristic of the West Coast offense. But I'm going to slow it down here a little bit, and we're going to look at Dak's footsteps here very quickly. Again, love the motion too, by the way, because that confirms that it is zone. And then one step, two step, three step, tiny little hitch. I don't think it's even a full hitch. And Dak finds CD. I don't know if with a more relaxed footwork last year, Dak makes this play. One, two, three. Now, don't get me wrong. Dak has treaded the needle so many times throughout his career. But I do believe that we'll see this more consistently. Like, significantly more consistently. And you love to see all that kind of stuff. Now, that's what's changed on offense. That, and then you get into other not so, not details, but more global stuff, like the fact that Dak found C.D. Lamp 11 times versus the Jets when he was the one guy the Jets had to take care of. And the Cowboys did not have Brandon Cooks, and they just had to worry about C.D. on the Jets' defensive side of things. And they didn't find a way to do it. They played zone most of the time, but even still, the Cowboys were scheming C.D. Lamp open and CD talked about it and I also mentioned it last night but I'm going to mention it again because of the Wi-Fi issues that we had CD was like hey sure they could have played me in man coverage but I was moving around a lot that's what CD said I'm paraphrasing but he was like they would have been tired if somebody was traveling with me because I was running a whole lot of motion and that's a small detail with Mike McCarthy kind of going hey how do we use our number one guy efficiently when we don't have the number two guy around, which was an issue last year. And one of the biggest reasons why the Cowboys were eliminated in the playoffs versus the Niners was they didn't have a single threat beyond CD. And the quote from CD was, he's done a great job of moving me around, talking about McCarthy, putting me in different spots, motioning me, keeping the defense guessing. You can't really guess where I'm going to be. I can run all day all around the field, just giving that accessibility to Mike. He has the upper hand. 
I love that from CD Lamp. But as I said last night too, it's not only CD that is being put in motion. It's actually other guys. Like in that play, Hendershot is in the right side, moves to the left side. And at first, CD is alone, isolated on the backside of the play. I would argue that moving uh, Hendershot to the left changes the passing strength. So you are at the last minute confusing the defense. And if it's not one thing, it's another. The Cowboys are getting creative. You love to see it. And yet it is still old school football because Dak is not pushing the ball downfield, really. He played. I mean, he was able to. And he actually connected with CD five times, I believe, beyond the 10-yard line mark. And he had some deep passes to him as well. But mostly, Dak was just playing quick game, quick game, quick game. And that was complementing the run game. And last year, one of the biggest complaints that we had about the Cowboys offense was when things are not going their way, they don't have something to fall back on. And I believe that a quick game might be that for the Cowboys in 2023. It's just week three. Uh, I mean, we're heading into week three. But I believe by the time the season ends, there are going to be some easy stuff. There's going to be some easy stuff on offense that the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott just getting rid of the football quickly. Third step, third step, third step. I believe that that's going to be the, the plan B for the Cowboys when things are not going their way. And that's the, what we wanted to see with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. We knew that maybe DVOA, EPA per play, yards per play, all those metrics were not going to skyrocket because Kellen Moore did a pretty good job in that sense. But it's the little things in the tight games that are going to matter. And in my opinion, we're seeing the foundations for that already. Now, mentioned this last night too, but again, I'm going to do it on, on this show as well because of the Wi-Fi issues that we had. Prescott said, if you watch this film, you'll see that my footwork is tied in exactly with the receivers. Whether it's going to number one, uh, the read, or whether it's a hitch to get to number two or hell. And I love this quote. I scrambled on the third down because my feet told me to do so. That is the beauty of the West Coast footwork that we are starting to see on the Cowboys offense. It's more concise. It's more precise. It's more exact is the word, actually, where it helps Dak make decisions. It helps the Cowboys be more efficient. And as he said, like, the feet are telling him what to do. He doesn't even need to, like, oh, do I wait an extra second or, or not in this read? No, because with the feet, is automatic. It's, if I'm on my third step, this is a read. If I'm on my fourth step, hitch, blah, 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 check down. That's how it works. And it's beautiful, man. The, the Cowboys, I think uh, we just looked at one example, but still, you see it throughout the entire game, and that is pretty fun. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. I'm glad some of you like the, the breakdown. I appreciate your comments. Tawny says, we don't need explosive offense. We just don't need, uh, just don't turn it over. Excuse me, is what Tawny said. Ta uh, Travis says, it's tough when they play so conservative. We will really see when we are in a close game. And that is a big thing to me with the offense. Like, we have not seen a close game for the offense. Not really. Uh, Thanks to what they've done, too, like they open the game, the Cowboys win the coin toss, they elect to receive, and they go march 75 yards and score a touchdown on the Super Jets defense. So 
it's also because of themselves. Like it's not only the offense that's been playing, the defense that's been playing well. Obviously, it's the best unit the Cowboys have. The defense is. But yeah, I think week four might be a good test for the Cowboys because even like the Patriots, they don't have a great offense and the Cowboys defense might take over that game as well. But I believe it's maybe like the first step up in competition that Dallas will face. Week three versus the Cardinals, sure, it is the NFL. Everything can happen. But objectively, it shouldn't be a good game. The Cowboys are 12 and a half point favorites on the road. So I would look at week four as that first test and then week five, like the final exam. One is the midterm. The other is the final exam. And then we'll get an idea as to how legit the Cowboys are. Because if Dallas can go to San Francisco and they can, and, and they can play a competitive game, like forget about... I know this is going to sound mediocre, but it's not my intention. If it's a one-possession game that is defined by whoever has the ball last and the Cowboys lose that game, that's not going to mean that they're not for real. It's going to be the how that game plays out. Are the Cowboys still finding ways to scheme CD Lamp open? Are the Cowboys running the football Are the, uh, well, efficiently? Are the Cowboys doing this? Are they doing that? Now, we have not seen Tyler Smith on this offensive line. So that's another thing that is very promising. They have not had their starting offensive line yet. Russell says, I just I just uh, ask we stay healthy for the most part, says Russell. And yeah, Peter Rizzo says, as time goes on, we will only get better. Hopefully, the Cowboys uh, do get better. Brutus says, people are acting surprised that Dak is surgical. We finally have a system that fits his play style not forcing him into a scheme. Now, I'll say this. I agree with Bruce in the fact that, hey, Dak has played this kind of football for a long time. Dak has, I mean, like, he even snapped on the reporters last week because after the game on Sunday, they asked him about the interceptions because obviously they got to ask him about the interceptions, right? And the question was something like, I don't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, it was an efficient game where you didn't turn the ball over. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, after last year, leaving the NFL in interceptions. And that was like, what about last year? What about the year before that? And the year before that? And the year before that? Like, I, that was never a QV that consistently turned the ball over. It happened in 2022, yeah. And it matters to a point for sure. It's part of the storyline, et cetera. But I do agree with the fact that some people act like Prescott was this high turnover machine that everyone was questioning if he would ever get rid of the interceptions when really it was an odd year. 2022 was the odd year. And it was because of a long list of reasons, including the wide receivers themselves. Colin says, Mo, 63, Tyler Viadish was the MVP of that CD Lamb play. Let's look at the dots while I finish reading this question because, man, he's up to something there. He's on to something. Matt, props to him for bailing out CD and Pollard in back-to-back weeks. Look at Tyler Viadish here. Didn't, didn't realize this when watching the game live. When they played the replay, I kind of caught it, but not before that. CD catches this land. 
<laughs> gets all of those yards after the catch, and he's fantastic at that too. But look at 63, the center on this play. I want to look at this from the next-gen stats dots perspective because I do think they're fun to watch in these kind of scenarios. Look at Biarish helping out with 96 on the double team. What center does that? What center, what center does that from that point of the play? That's hustle. That's pure hustle. Look at where, where Vyadish takes off. As soon as he honestly sees like 96 is engaged, Tyler Vyadish is out there helping out. And yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. Let's see if we can get it here in the play right away uh, in the old 22. Boom. <laughs> Gotta love Vyadish working downfield and having the awareness. I cut, I actually cut the, cut the fumble recovery from the video. But yeah, I like Vyadish. I've liked him for a while. He's not going to be an old pro center. I don't think so. But he, he does deliver for the Cowboys. And he's always looking for work. There was one play the other day where he kind of looks like he rolls out to, uh, to pick up another block. Pretty fun stuff from him. And I believe he, he does some good stuff in the run game as well when they send him as a puller. Want to see more of that too. Let's see what you guys have to say though here in the chat. Toxic Tom with an interesting comment. He says, I don't think that week five will be the indicator. It will be late in November and early December. Need to not fade down the stretch. That's fair. And NFL season has a lot of indicators. So I see Toxic Tom's point, but it is definitely going to be an indicator. Going on the road, San Francisco, the mental side of it, that this is the team that beat you twice. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has beaten Mike McCarthy in the playoffs twice in the last couple of years. This is the boogeyman for the Cowboys. Can they go in there? Can they make the statement? It is going to be a significant indicator, but then it's not going to be the end of it. Uh, that That is definitely true. And maybe final exam term terminology that I used earlier might have been misinterpreted as that. And I do agree with Toxic. Cowboys offenses with Kellen Moore off to hot starts pretty much every year. Late in the season, though, they kind of started to get figured out every single time. Can McCarthy keep the offense fresh? Can the Cowboys shy away from that if that... Uh, that is going to be key to the Cowboys, indeed, in 2023. Can they keep adjusting? Can they keep things fresh? And I mentioned McCarthy because on the defense, I am convinced that the Cowboys can do this thing. Defensively, Cowboys are freaking good. And I'm not as concerned. And by the way, before we move on here, what's changed? One of the things, in my opinion, that has changed is... We are not as worried about some depth questions that we had earlier in the year because we've seen Marquise Bell play a lot at linebacker and he looks good. We've seen Juan J. Thomas play a lot at safety and he looks good with Donovan Wilson out. So those defensive questions that we had are a little bit better now. I mean, not that I would love a major injury to happen on defense or not that it would be completely and totally fine. But linebacker depth was 100% the top concern entering the year. And having Marquise Bale there looking as comfortable at linebacker 
that helps. That helps changing our minds a little bit and easing our minds a little bit. Offensively, at least we've seen one starter out and the Cowboys have overcome it against two of the best defensive lines in the NFL because, sure, maybe the edge rushers with the Giants are question marks, but Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are one of the best interior defensive line duos in the league. And the same goes for Quinn and Williams and the Jets. They're good. So that matters. That for sure matters. Another thing that has changed, TZ on drums says here in the chat, and I agree with that. Brandon Aubrey. We were not confident at all about Aubrey before the season. And now we kind of are. <laughs> are we 1,000% confident? Maybe not. But like, are we, where, where are we at? Like 60, 70%? Because I would have said like 5%. <laughs> Uh, in week one, I might have gone with a lower number actually in one of the shows. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's changed. I, I agree with TZ on drums. That's a good comment there. Gained so much confidence in Aubrey. Absolutely, says Lance. Uh, Dallas will manhandle the Niners, says Russell. Hopefully, that is the case. Gilbert says, Cowboys, are they not number one defense yet? Yeah, I would, I would say that they are, personally. There are other teams that could be in the conversation. Like you could put the Jets in there. You could put the Niners in there. The Patriots maybe in there. I might be missing some teams here. But I would give it to the Cowboys. They've got the pressure. They've got the coverage in the back end. And they've got the coach. So I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. Cam says we should have gotten a right tackle. And Terrence Steele has had a relatively rough couple of weeks, but not in the concerning way, in my opinion. I'm, I'm good with where the Cowboys are at at right tackle. And here is the thing. Here is the thing. There's one problem with all of this Cowboys hype. Unfortunately, they cannot do anything about this. And it's, who have they played? That is a question that everyone has right now. And that's what we mean when we talk about week four being the first test and then week five being the test and then staying on course being the ultimate test during the regular season. But so far, we've got questions because the Giants game was over by the first quarter. The Jets game was over by the second quarter. What is it going to look like when the Cowboys play either A, an elite offensive line or a very good offensive line even, or and B, an elite or very good quarterback. Because so far, I don't think that the Cowboys have faced any of that. And I'm not even saying it in the sense that maybe the defense is not going to look great because I believe the defense is going to look great, but they're not going to be holding them to zero or 10 points. It's going to be a competitive game. Some of these are going to be, is the offense up to the task? Is the coaching up to the task? Is Brandon Aubrey, when the game is on the line, kicking as good as he is right now when games have not really been on the line? That kind of stuff. It's just things that they cannot control. It's things that we need to give it some time. They are things that are not going to be answered by the time that we meet again in week three, right? Like the Cardinals are not going to, or they shouldn't provide that kind of a test. So we'll find out. We'll find out. 
Now, as opposed to the other teams in the NFC, let's let's just stick with the NFC for a moment here. I do think they look better than Philly. And I respect Philly. I really do. They have a very good team. Preseason, I picked them to win the NFC East. I would change that pick in a heartbeat today. I would. And for several reasons. First, the way that the Cowboys have looked and what we've seen on the offensive side of things that we've already gone through on tonight's show. Defensively, man, they look great. They look like everything that we hoped they would be. And yes, it is week two. And I mean, we're two weeks into the season and they have played inferior offenses. So let's give them some time. But defensively, I cannot ask for any more of them. But the Eagles are struggling in the passing game. I don't know what it is. Jalen Hurts does not look like he's having fun out there. And I don't mean that he doesn't love football or anything like that. I mean, like, they're struggling. They are. For some reason. Brian Flores and the Vikings came out with a game plan that really frustrated the Eagles passing game early in the game on Thursday night football. And then they decided, we'll actually run the football until the game is over. And the Vikings had no way of stopping that. But in the passing game, Jalen Hurts and company have not looked like they are on the same page. Is it maybe that they are adjusting to a new offensive coordinator? Maybe. It could be. Is it maybe that they have not enough answers from a scheme perspective to handle pressure, to do this, to do that? I believe that's also the case. But this Eagles offense looks weird passing game-wise. Running game looks as good as ever. Like, let's give it to them. They have top-tier offensive line. They've got the plus-one game with Jalen Hurts. DeAndre Swift broke out on Thursday night football, and they still have Kenneth Gainwell, who they were going to start, apparently, based on week one. And they have a lot of injuries, too. So I'm not ranking the Eagles above the Cowboys at all. And the 49ers... I understand not wanting to rank the Cowboys above the Niners based on previous years, based on what Shanahan means, that in my opinion, he is one of the best coaches in football right now, if not the second best, because I would probably put him in that discussion at this point. But I don't know if they've got the same defense that the Cowboys do. I think that the Cowboys are better on defense. Uh, Niners had several losses, including like Jimmy Ward at safety, and they lost D'Amico Ryans at the defensive coordinator position. Brock Purdy is a question mark to me. Not in the sense that, hey, he's going to suck, and it was a one-year wonder, because I wouldn't say that. But Purdy is going to give you wow throws, and he's going to give you what the F throws. And that's going to be the story every single week. And I think the Cowboys have a quarterback that's much better than that and much more consistent than that. And finally, I will say, the Niners have one of the most concerning things that you can have in the NFL, and that is a poor offensive line. They've got Trent Williams, who's great, fantastic. The rest of the offensive line is not good. And that's a concern for them. I would rank the Cowboys as the best team in the NFC. I don't know about ranking them above the Chiefs or the Dolphins that are looking great right now. But NFC-wise, yeah, giving the Cowboys at number one in the conference right now. 
Let's see here. Bruce says, well, people only say that because they fear what the Cowboys can do. They just want Dallas to lose, and they're mad that they haven't. Toxic says, so glad that the NFL doesn't do rankings to pick playoff teams like college football. Can you imagine how much that would suck? <laughs> it would. Now we're looking good, says Lance. Inez says, no matter what team Cowboys play, they will win. Let's go. Who cares about power rankings? Just win, baby, says Colin. Ladies and gentlemen, before I get out of here, I'll leave you with one crazy stat. Trevon Diggs has allowed a passer rating of one. One. Uno. One. Let me say it again. Passer rating of one. <laughs> passer rating of throwing the ball at the dirt every play, points out Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus, is 39.6. So if you're an NFL team and you're game planning, you are saying, hey, I would much rather spike the football than throw it to Trevon Diggs. That's an exaggeration. It's just a fun stat, obviously. Uh, five times he was targeted versus the Jets. He allowed zero catches in those five targets. Trevon Diggs is looking fun. He, he does owe... He does owe uh, Demarcus Lawrence a little bit for that because I think Garrett Wilson had Trayvon beat on the double move near the end zone in the play that D-Law was able to hit Trayvon Diggs. It's not a Jower 9 channel reference. <laughs> the thumbnail, though, the thumbnail on YouTube of this show was a reference. I'm very upset that nobody said anything about it, and I'm very, very, very sad. That ruined my whole day. This whole show was a disappointment because nobody said anything about the YouTube thumbnail. But I cannot control any of that. I'm just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. I'll see you all tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor, though, before we get out of here and hit the like button for me. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. I am also happy that the internet works. We are back, baby. And I'll see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.